Hello there and welcome to the Skin Intellectual Podcast. We are so happy that you're here. Welcome to our show. I am your host, Nicole Simpson, a beauty industry veteran, founder of Amethyst Skincare, a licensed esthetician, industry consultant, and mom of two beautiful little babies who take up a lot of my time, but I love it anyway. They're so cute. Um, Anyway, this podcast is something that's just been culminating at the back of my mind for years. I I knew I've always wanted to have this podcast, but like with most things, you want to launch a podcast when you have something to say. So there's a huge reason why we're doing this intellectual podcast. So this podcast is created to talk about all things business of beauty, ranging from sustainability in beauty to founder stories to investors and motivation and, and, and things that can just help us all blossom as, as small beauty brands, right? But for us, sustainability and beauty is going to take up just a huge piece of all of the available real estate, because this is something that, you know, if you look at the year of 2020, I don't need to say too much. Uh, It's been a crazy year. We all know what has happened, but one of the most beautiful things that we've seen happen is that if you look at all of these emerging indie brands and beauty brands, or even new trends from existing beauty companies, is that sustainability has never been more at the forefront of beauty than it is today. So that makes us very happy. And there was something that, you know, was so pivotal that I'm going to tell you about in just a moment that really helped us make our decision on why we not only wanted to create a skincare line that had sustainability efforts behind it, but why we wanted to start this podcast. Because I think the majority of us as founders or as influencers or people in the industry who know that sustainability is so important, the question is not whether or not we want to have a sustainable brand or sustainable practices within our brand, but it's more of a question of how, like what are the resources we have and what things are actually working and what things are just working in theory. Uh, So the podcast is going to go deep into that. So I'm going to tell you my story and how we found this, but before that, just a little bit of my background so that a lot of this can start to make sense. Um, I started off as a licensed esthetician with a science background and you know, I loved working on clients. I loved reading ingredient labels on the back of bottles and <laughs> figuring out, okay, if this bottle has this ingredient, it is going to do this once it hits the skin. And once I realized that I could use the power of a formula and get excellent results from my clients, and I didn't necessarily have to rely on what marketing was telling me to do, it opened up a whole new world. And I very quickly found myself in the role of an educator working for some pretty big skincare companies. I worked for a French pharmaceutical company for about four and a half years called Pierre Fab, based in Southern France, but they have um, offices here in the States and two major skincare brands here in the USA. So I started training for them on their behalf and I traveled the country all the time, training doctors and estheticians, nurses on all things science related to skincare, how ingredients interact with skin, some sales training, things like this. And I did that for a long time before I was recruited into L'Oreal. And I have to tell you, going to L'Oreal was one of the best decisions I've ever made. It was a global role. I was in charge of 37 countries. So I traveled a lot throughout Asia, throughout Europe, throughout South America, the Middle East, really focusing on educating doctors, estheticians, beauty influencers, journalists, whatever the needs were on the importance of 
science, how products interacted once they got into skin and also sales and business development. And while that was an amazing part of my job, the more important thing was not necessarily what I was giving, which I'm always a huge fan of giving, but also what I was learning, right? So while I was working in these countries, I had the opportunity over many years to learn what the beauty industry looks like once you leave the USA's borders. And the beauty industry in China looks very different than the beauty industry in France or Spain or Europe or Dubai or Mexico, which all look very different than what the beauty industry looks like here in the USA. So all of that knowledge that I've gained really helped me to be very successful on all of the initiatives that we're working on today, such as having created a sustainable beauty brand, creating this podcast to provide resources, but also just having like that 30,000 foot view to understand like what's coming in terms of trends, what's coming in terms of sustainability resources and, and all of these amazing things. And so it's going to be all of those years of experience that are coming into this podcast when we interview our guests who could be beauty editors, investors, influencers, fellow founders, motivational speakers to cover all things business of beauty. And I'll never forget, and I tell this story often, and if you have heard me say this before, I apologize. I do say this a lot, but for those of you who haven't, you know, I'll never forget this moment when I was working in China. I was sent to Beijing for a project and, um, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about China. It's a lovely country, but it is a well-known fact that there is a lot of air pollution. And when I was there, it was one of those really severe red alert days where they pulled, you know, half of the cars off the highway to try to reduce um, trouble with the air quality. And, you know, coming from the USA, I wasn't really used to that. So at the end of the day, when I was laying down, there was so much air pollution that built up throughout the day that my body didn't know what to do. So it just started sweating. And I just remember feeling hot and I was sweating. And I know this sounds really gross, but you know, I'm very open and transparent, which you'll come to appreciate throughout the episodes of these podcasts, that my feet could not stop sweating. My feet were soaked and they were hot and the, the soles of my feet were red, not super red, but red to the touch. And it was my body's way of just trying to detox all of that environmental pollution that I'd been breathing all day long, even through a mask. And it was literally in that moment, I'll never forget it, that I laid there and I had two very powerful insights. The first one was that we as an industry, as a whole, contribute to that. Consumer goods, consumer product goods contribute to this terrible air pollution. Any way you look at it. And while not all consumer goods are in the beauty industry, a vast majority of these consumer product goods are in the beauty industry, whether it's, you know, a mass brand for Target or a luxe brand for Neiman Marcus or a professional brand for physicians. It doesn't matter. Whenever we create a brand that requires a product to go to market, there are all of the pieces involved. So to make a formula, you need a raw material. You need a bottle to put it in. That bottle needs to get shipped to somewhere to have filling. It usually will have a box around it, maybe a plastic um, sealant at the top. Like there are so many bits and pieces of this. And even so many of us as brands formulate right here in the United States, usually seven times out of 10, when a raw material is sourced, it does come from Asia. It'll come from China, Korea, Taiwan, Japan, you know, and that raw material will become a part of a formula that's made in the USA, but we are all interconnected. So it was very important to me to just 
put awareness out there that every action we take as brand founders does have a global impact. It's not just local impact. And the second insight that I had was just that because of all of this pollution, the way that our skin is going to age and is aging and has been clinically shown that it does age differently, it is changing. So, you know, it really helped me focus in on, you know, what are the products that we have to create that are going to serve our customers and serve our consumer and consider, sorry, serve the end user in the best way possible for these changes. You know, I don't know if any of you follow this topic, but I strongly recommend if you do go Google just the 2050 climate change report and read through it. It's, it's pretty scary at its worst and at its best scenario, it's not great, but it's not terrible. But even in our best case scenario, right? So let's say we can reduce all of our carbon emissions and all of the sustainability swaps that need to happen happen. We're still at least... 50 to 60 years away from any of those changes that if they happen today, this year, went into effect for the environment to get better. It is going to get a lot worse before it gets better, which means even if you don't visibly see haze or smog in the air, there are more particles and more pollution molecules in the air than we've ever had before. So not only are you breathing it, but your skin is defending you from it. So these are the insights that really stuck with me and made me realize that, you know, we all have responsibility in this and we wanted to give it a voice. So here we are with the Skin Intellectual Podcast. So every episode is going to feature um, a guest interview. And as I said before, it might be a beauty editor. It might be an investor. Um, We have a lot of different influencers coming on the podcast, brand founders, all of us with something to say about the business of beauty. But to be honest, I don't believe that any beauty brand that exists today has a future five, 10, 15 years from now, if sustainability does not become some way, shape or form part of its core. So here we are. I am so happy that you guys are just listening to this because it's so impactful. Next week, We're having a guest on the podcast. I'm so excited to have her. Her name is April Franzino. She is just like, my heart swoons when I I talk to her. (laughs) She is a beauty editor. Actually, she's a beauty director now of um, Good Housekeeping and um, Prevention Magazine, as well as um, Women's Day. So she's in charge of all of the editorial, all of everything that goes into that. And she is going to be sharing her bird's eye view as a beauty director on what sustainability for a beauty brand really means and what is real and what's not. Like I said before, I think it's just a question of like, okay, we all know that we have to do it, but like, what can we do that actually makes a difference? So we're going to take a deep dive with her next week, next episode. And you can hear directly from the source, some of the things that are really standing out um, as a trend in the industry, but things that have staying power that we can all learn from. So next episode, we'll have her. If you want to follow us in the meantime, you can find us on social media. You can follow us on Instagram at the skin intellectual podcast. You can also follow my personal Instagram at Nicole no skin. And this way you can always be informed when a new episode drops. Thank you so much for listening and we cannot wait to have you with us next week.